Bombing down Poinsettia, chapter 20. Going outlaw. I guess I'm really surprised it took nearly two weeks before we got Rosemary's nutty-ass call threatening us. It had been about two weeks since B&I had gone through the um, immigration ambush set up by our attorney in Holly Gennaro's office, the Nakatomi Plaza. Well, now that the marriage, you know, between B&I had been dissolved, of course Rosemary's going to find out about Summer and I. I mean, what secrets did B need to worry about keeping from Rosemary? Good God, she's going to have a hard enough time keeping herself in the country. What the fuck is she worried about keeping secrets? No, I wasn't mad at her. I didn't blame her. I didn't. I wasn't upset that B had told Rosemary about Summer and I. That mean old bitch is going to find out about us eventually anyway. My only concern was where do we go from here? Notice I said we. That's how I felt. I thought about us. Fucking fact is, I blew through my movie money like it was nothing. Four days work as an actor in Hollywood at my rate? Yeah, we'd go to El Pollo Loco. <laughs> but we'd been eating wherever the hell we wanted because, well, it's where Summer wanted to go, and me too, and the fact is, she was carrying my ass. I didn't like it, but the fact was, she carried me. She didn't even like me working. She was complaining more and more about my acting. Yeah, because it was taking me away from her. I know it was shit money, but look, I was starting to build up a fucking reputation, a good reputation in the industry. You know, I could work as much as I wanted, when I wanted. And the parts and the money were getting better. That's what it was about. Getting to know assistant directors and directors and film crew and camera crew and all this shit grips and everybody you i was building a good reputation i didn't want to throw it away that's how you move in the business i'll come back to that later but we needed heavy income and i didn't know what the fuck to do and i was i was nervous after hearing those messages from rosemary what were the chances summer was going to work for her anymore i mean did i want her to work anymore no i didn't did i like not having any money no i didn't did I like traveling, going to the movies at leisure, fine dining? Absolutely. I had to make a sacrifice, and boy, I was at the crossroads there. I've had these good old morals all my fucking life, and then I've had this lifestyle with this woman I'm in love with. Can I give all that up and go back to morals? Not a fucking chance. Summer picked up the phone and called Rosemary at the agency Penthill High Rise, downtown West L.A. Now she instructed me to be quiet as the call connected and began ringing through the receiver. Rosemary didn't even answer with the usual infamous classic, Hey, classic touch, touch of class. Nope. She picked up, went right into it. Oh my God, Michelle, what the fuck is going on? Hi, Rosemary. Summer greeted her back. Rosemary's bellows were so loud, Summer cringed, pulling the receiver out from underneath the locks of her hair, looking at it before snapping back. Rosemary! Stop yelling at me, Rosemary! Summer looked at me and waved her hands in the air. I'm listening! I couldn't hear Rosemary's end of the conversation, obviously. I could hear her grumbling through the phone, but 
Now, Summer's responses give me some pretty good indication of what Rosemary might be saying. I don't know, Rosemary. Tell me what you think. Summer complained into the phone while looking at me, rolling her eyes. Stupid bitch. And I couldn't see her, but I could only imagine she was not only still alive, but probably sitting there on that fart-filled chase in her shit-stained nightgown with dirty feet sucking back on that nasty-ass fucking brandy I wouldn't drink if I were still a drunk. Anyway, sorry. I stood there silent with my left arm, just leaning up against the low barren wall next to the aquarium, just watching Summer stand there. She'd shimmy down to her panties and a t-shirt. I had to have a man moment and just admire that beautiful leg and that hip and her underwear kind of up her butt a little. <laughs> it's not correct, Rosemary, she argued. It's incorrect and that's not accurate, Rosemary. I'm tired. What do you want? I walked over, put my right hand up under the back of her shirt, rubbed her bare back. I watched as her eyes focused on the kitchen floor as if Rosemary herself was standing right in front of her. Has nothing to do with you, she challenged the bitch. Well, they were going to throw him in jail. What was he supposed to do? Okay. I don't care, Rosemary. On saying that, Summer pulled the underwear out of her butt, grabbed a chair, and sat down. B and I already agreed to this months ago. He's been living here. He lives here with me. He's been living here for months. Okay? I, I was scared and happy at the same time she was fighting for me. I watched as she yeah, just sit there twirling her hair and arguing with Rosemary. I was all emboldened by the fucking fight she was putting up. Yeah. I, I, I love this woman. He's going to stay living here. She grimaced, shaking her head. It's not up to you. There was a bit of a pause before I heard Rosemary grumbling again on the other end of the line. Suddenly, oh, Summer's expression changed. Rosemary said something. Yeah, it didn't change the expression on Summer's face, but I... Her eyes. Eyes I'd never seen before. She was scared. I'd never seen Summer look like that. She was scared. I still don't know what the woman said on the other end of the line. I really don't. But the second I saw Summer's eyes do that, the young buck, yeah, the hair on my neck went straight up. No, Rosemary. I watched my first love protest into the phone. No. I'm going to bed. We're tired. We just got back into town. We're tired. What? I mouthed to her. Quickly, Summer covered the mouthpiece of the phone. She wants to talk to you. Give me the fucking phone, I demanded to Summer, sticking my hand out. Reluctantly, Summer handed me the receiver. I immediately put it up to my mouth. I'm here. I warned you, little motherfucker. First thing she growled the second she realized it was me on the phone. You're not gonna get you away from me. You aren't the fucking boss, cunt. I could out-scream her. I hate that word, and it's one of the only times I've ever used it directed at a woman. Fucking hate that word, but that's what she was. I'm gonna fix your ass. Then fix it, bitch! Because I'm not going anywhere! I put the phone down. I'm sorry, 
Summer, I'm sorry. I'll move out if you need me. Don't be so stupid, Brett. She complained, getting up from the chair. I stood silent, watching her walk out of the dining room, across the living room, towards the bedroom. And I kept a close eye on those Victorian secret clad ass of hers, perfectly creasing. Just, God. Anyway, um, yeah, I got a drink, I think, at that point. I could hear Summer rummaging around in what sounded like the file cabinet in the bedroom closet. I'd just finished making my gin and tonic with a twist of half-brown leftover lime I'd left in the fridge when we were on vacation. I just made myself comfortable in the love seat and see what was playing on TV when the phone rang. Don't answer it, Summer shouted from the bedroom before stepping back out with a stack of address books in both hands. I got it. Yeah, I said, taking a swig of my gin. It's probably her. Summer passed by, still in her undies and panties. She suddenly knelt down and kissed me on the lips. I know it is. Upon kissing me, she turned and stepped towards the phone. I scooped forward on the small couch and set my drink on the coffee table. Look, I'm worried, Summer. I'm not, she said, dropping the address books. This time, Summer picked up the phone, and let me tell you, she went right to it. I know about the flower shop, Rosemary, she greeted after placing the phone up next to her ear. After a second or two, I could faintly hear Rosemary questioning Summer as to what she was talking about. I know you have to keep saying that, Rosemary, Summer quipped. You just keep saying that because I know about it. Summer just took charge of that phone conversation. Holy shit, because Rosemary became as quiet as I had ever fucking heard her. Summer gave her a few seconds to respond, but there was nothing. She tucked her auburn hair behind her left ear and cornered Rosemary. But owes you nothing, Rosemary. And if anything happens to him, my regulars are going to be really interested in hearing about your flower shop, bitch. You understand me? That was the second time I ever heard Summer cuss. I could count the times on one hand I ever heard her curse. That was the second time. I don't know that Rosemary responded because a soft, grateful smile suddenly filled my face as I, like I say, I watched Summer handle Rosemary on behalf of me. Damn. I didn't know what the fuck the flower shop was. It was enough to shut her ass up, though. I didn't know what the fuck it meant when Summer was on the phone. But Summer uh, filled me in when she finally hung up. It's where she launders her money. Summer told me later. All of her credit card transactions and any bills she's got to clean is done through an FTD in L.A. My God, I was thankful that Summer was smart enough to pick up on that shit. Not even kidding. Summer muzzled that bitch right up and bought us some time. I knew that vindictive bitch is going to be coming for me, but eh, not for a bit. Furthermore, we sat down at the wicker dining room table on the address books she had brought out from the file cabinet in the bedroom closet were filled with names and numbers. What in the world's all this, Summer? 
I asked as she opened up the books and fanned them out over the dining room table. These are my clients, she instructed me. You have some good, you have some bad. The good ones, they all have money, though, and these are all in, you know, Venice Beach, Malibu, Hollywood Hills, Bel Air, Beverly Hills, Brentwood, Westwood. I shook my head in disbelief. Summer had literally poached Rosemary's best clients. Are you serious? I said, rummaging through the pages, looking at the names and the addresses. Did you like working for Rosemary Britt? She said, putting her hand on my lap. Yeah. I said, closing the book. Because of you. Did you like working for a Britt? <laughs> Shit, no, I said, looking over at her. I don't either. I'm going to go independent for a little while, and you're going to be my driver. That was what Summer decided we were going to do. Summer was going to break away from Rosemary. Summer knew other agency owners in town, but she wasn't interested in doing that. She had all those books with all those names of all those very wealthy past clients who just happened to be regulars. Good God. She could rent a beach house the money. She'd make up the fucking guys in that book alone. I will never have a fucking thing to say about who was in that book. You understand me? But there were record producers' names in that fucking book, and there were movie stars, celebrities' names in that fucking book. She knew them personally, and I was the one she fell in love with. Can you believe that shit? Rosemary had told Summer she had agreed to calm down if Summer would agree to handle her bigger clientele that called the agency. And so that was the terms. That was the accord they had come to over the fucking phone. Yeah, and then Summer hit me with I was going to be a driver. And At first it pissed me off because I was going to have to fucking carry a gun again. I'd moved away from Carson to get away from that fucking shit. Summer spent the afternoon on the phone, you know, calling that those client books, for lack of a better word, and I busted out my old red address book, and I called a number I hadn't called in a long time to a fellow. I wasn't even sure the number was still good, but I was shocked as shit when it rang in Compton, and he answered. R.D.? I questioned to the phone, unsure. Hey, it's, um, it's Stan. It's that red-headed kid that used to live at Don Dominguez, and I used to with Angela. Thank God he remembered me. I really love Summer, and she was really fucking smart, but I gotta tell you, I had to call R.D., You see, initially, Summer wanted to go down, being that she was the only one old enough to buy a fucking gun legally, she wanted to go down to a local gun store in Hollywood and buy a pistol for protection. I loved her so much, but she just doesn't understand that it was a street thing. I was surprised that she didn't understand. When it was a street thing, it was really best not to have shit in your name. So, I made arrangements to go see R.D. at the old Alpha Beta in Carson, California the following day. And, of course, yeah, 
Summer wanted to go with me, but no, this time I refused. <laughs> You're not going. Next day during the drive down to CRD, you know, buy the gun for $300. Um, yeah, I thought about the responsibility I was taking on by becoming a driver. I'd done it a few times for girls up at Rosemary's when I was there painting that fucking place, but now I was going to do it for the woman I was in love with, and if I was going to do it, I had to have a fucking gun. You have to have a fucking weapon if you're going to be a driver. Preferably a fucking gun. Okay? Not registered. All right? Because if you drive a girl to a call, the clock starts the very second she walks in through that door. Driver watches the clock. Driver watches for police in case it's some kind of a sting or a setup. That way he can run up there and bum rush the door, make a lot of noise, and get her out of there. Before she does anything, that's going to get her thrown in jail. Driver pays attention. If there's an issue, she's going to send you a code, a signal. You're going to have something set up, okay? And you go in and get her. No matter what. That's your job. Get her out. Unharmed. When the hour is up, if she doesn't come out that door, you're out of the car walking up there. It's a good habit to get out anyway. Just walk up there and escort her down to the car. If she doesn't come out, you're knocking on the door. Give them five minutes. If she isn't coming out, you knock again, this time louder. If you're still not getting a response, you're looking and banging on other windows. If you're still not getting a response, you go in and get her. It's on you, and you're going to break some fucking laws. It's the job. Get her out. If you show up and the guy ends up being a total flake, and there is a cancellation fee, it's up to security to get the fee. I'm not teaching a class or anything, but if you do have to collect a cancellation fee, it's always a good habit to take the girl out of the picture first. Get her out of the picture, then go get the fee. That's what drivers do, and you can't do it with nothing more than your dick in your hand. Summer was alone now. She needed me. It was us, me and her, you know? And I needed that fucking gun. Bitch! Rosemary wasn't going to let up. I don't give a fuck how nice she says she's going to be nice and play along, that vindictive bitch. I saw how she treated them girls up there at Classic Touch, and I knew I was no more special than they were. She was going to come after me with a fucking vendetta like nobody's business. I didn't know how, but I knew she was coming. I needed that fucking gun. It was so strange being back in Carson again. Felt as though a hundred years had passed since I'd laid eyes on Don Dominguez. I mean, there were cars parked under the carport where Mark and I would have parked, you know. The whole building looked the same, but, you know, just... I mean, I, I really couldn't imagine living there again. Those days were fucking long gone. I I drove by Angela's old apartment, yeah. Her door was new. Somebody was obviously living there, and no telling where the hell she was. After a build, I pulled into the gravel parking lot of the uh, golf course and waited for R.D. As promised, he pulled up with the merchandise. He sat down in the passenger seat of Summers McCore. We made the exchange. It's a 9mm with the full clip. 
Gum was a little banged up, but bore was clear. Someone had been kind enough to take a chisel and crudely gouge out the uh, serial number. I appreciated that. It's exactly what I thought would be best. So I gave R.D. the rest of the cash, and he jetted. I hope he got out of that shit. He was solid. I never saw him again. So I took my new found illegal gun untraceable with full clip and um, I set out to becoming a driver for a high-end Hollywood escort. It was a career choice. Several weeks went by and nothing happened. Occasionally, you know, Summer goes see one of her own book clients out in Beverly Hills or Bel Air or somewhere and uh, come back with thousands of fucking dollars. Sometimes Rosemary would get drunk and call threatening me, but other than that, nothing happened. I mean, it didn't matter, though. I, I still watch my ass. I went with Summer on a few calls, yeah. She'd simmer out on calls, and I'd go out with her. Me being paranoid and afraid of getting caught in the car, I'd always stand outside while Summer did her thing indoors. I never really thought about what Summer was actually doing inside with those guys. It was a mental block. Call it living in denial. Call it what you want. Doesn't matter. I knew what she was doing. I just didn't think about it, you know? If I thought about it, I wouldn't have... If I thought about it, it I couldn't have been there, I don't think, you know? wasn't until about that third or fourth call I went out on with Summer... I got slammed in the fucking face. I got slammed in the fucking face from some reality. I don't have to make this shit up because you can't. Summer accepted a call from Rosemary up in the Granada Hills. It was a bit of a drive. But the John had told Summer it was okay to go ahead and park in the driveway, so we pulled up. That's exactly what I did. She went inside, and I waited course we had our system i was the clock watcher from the very moment she went indoors clock started five minutes before the hour was up i would knock on the door the first time five minutes before the hour was up yeah she fitted me with a pager if the visit was to exceed an hour she had paged me the number two if she was in trouble she had paged 911 or something just different and it was my job to get her ass out no matter what and believe you me I was ready. Here's what I wasn't ready for. That night lasted the full hour. As I walked up to the front door five minutes before the end of it, I passed by the living room window. Yeah. The fucking curtains were open. And I got an eyeful of a man on top of Summer. Yeah, he was fucking her. 60-something Spanish-looking guy was, it stopped me in my tracks. I stared shocked for like three, four seconds, and then, oh my God, I actually breathed out loud to myself. Knowing about it's one thing, seeing it as fucking something else, he was on her. They were naked on the living room floor. Why the fucking living room floor? 
banged on the door like four times and immediately began walking back to the Mercour. I was shocked as I neared the driver's door. There were tears rolling out of my pussy-ass eyes. Oh my God, I started crying. I couldn't fucking believe it. I sat down in shock waiting for her to come outside. Oh my God, I whispered to myself. What the fuck? It hurt me so bad to see another guy touching her. Yeah. I wasn't ready for it. Fuck. I couldn't shake it. Five minutes passed and she came skipping out of the house. Skipping. Happy. She looked happy, smiling. Her beautiful auburn hair danced around her shoulders. She looked dressed and fresh as she did, and she went in. She pranced over to the driveway, opened the door of the McCor, and hopped in. As soon as her butt hit that seat, she leaned over and pet kissed me. Hey, he gave me a $500 tip. During the drive back home, what I had seen continued to eat my ass. Oh, God, it just hurt so bad. I had to ask, and I did. Do you love me, Summer? What? She said, looking over at me at the smile. I sighed behind the wheel. Do you really love me? Upon saying that, she slid closer to the console, put her arms around my neck. What's wrong, baby? Yeah, I'm feeling sorry for myself. My eyes welled up again. I, I just... I walked up to the front door and I saw you guys. And my peripheral vision, I could see her eyes widen immediately as her grip around my neck tightened. Oh, God, no, Brit! She pleaded with me. She kissed me on the side of the face. Pulled up to a red light in an intersection and stopped. She continued, Baby, look at me. I looked over at her. Britt, I love you. I know. I just saw it and forget what you saw. I do. I didn't even think about it. On saying that, she pulled a wad of cash out of her purse. It was at least a thousand bucks. I let him do the thing. I get this and I leave. A huge sense of relief came over me. Suddenly, at that red light in the middle of God knows where, I was happy. I felt better because she still loved me. That's the fucking truth. It didn't bother me if she fucked the guy anymore because she still loved me. Hey, Summer said before giving me a deep kiss. She pulled back. She held the money up again. Forget what you saw, Brad. I want you to see it like this.
Shouldn't you be eating a fucking bat? Thanks for listening to Bombing Down Poinsettia, Chapter 20. Tune in to Chapter 21, same time, same place next week. Stand the Joke Man Show back on Friday, high noon. Till then, bye, can deals, me amigos. Have a nice evening. <laughs>